Hello and welcome. I guess, if you insist. Insist I do. I'm Bartleby Nehi. I've begun to accept this cruel fate of mine. And I'm here with my brother Artemis. No matter my effort, we keep doing this over and over. We're the Kinetic Paranormal Society, a pair of socks in a magic wardrobe, traveling through time and space, investigating the supernatural. Alas, I am Sisyphus, and this show is my boulder. You're listening to Metacosmos. Yeah, Artemis, I'm really glad to see you're chinning up these days. You're really taking a better attitude. This is awesome. A better attitude? No. No, no. I've realized that this misery is forever. I'm never getting out of this, am I? I'll just keep pushing the boulder away, and it keeps rolling back upon me. Every week, it's a weekly show. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really good attitude you got there, Artemis. This is a forever thing. I'm so glad you're looking up. You've been really taking my advice, haven't you? Your advice? Yeah, I've been like, come on, trying to encourage you to find a good attitude. And it looks like you found one. This is great. This is not great. Okay, it's good. It doesn't have to be great. This is good. And I'm really, I'm really impressed. Because now we can move forward and embrace what Metacosmos was always meant to be. What's that? Some eternal torture? Is that what this is? No, not eternal torture. It's a quest that we're on together, and now you've got a working attitude. And we needed you to adopt one of those for this show to be, like, vibrant and healthy for you, number one, and me, number two. And, like everybody else, like the High Inquisitor and the two smaller Inquisitors, like everybody's out there needing you to have a better attitude because you've been kind of dragging down the whole rest of the class. Let's be honest, Artemis. This hasn't been uplifting in the way that we intended it to be because of your uh, sourpuss kind of vibe. What are you trying to say? Nothing, nothing. I'm sorry. I don't think we need to dwell on that because what's important is, is that you're adjusting your flux capatitude. There's nothing wrong with my flux capatitude. I didn't say there was. You just said that it was better that I adjusted it. Well. All flux compatitudes could use a, a little tweak and adjustment here and there. You want to, like, you want to improve your attitude. Do you think maybe we should explain to the listeners what the flux compatitude is? We've been kind of returning to this as a general theme and topic for a lot of episodes, but sure, let's, let's cover it again. Okay, so here, we're going to break it down. You're out there, you're experiencing reality, and you're in a multidimensional whirling, kind of jiggling thing called the universe. And you move throughout the dimensions of of physicality and time. It it turns solid into the future in different ways, depending on your attitude. Because right now, there's a reality in front of you, and you have an infinite number of attitudes that you can take in response to this moment that you're experiencing at this moment. And then you take that attitude, any of those attitudes, that'll determine what direction you go in from here and into what dimension you go. And that's because when you're trying to like 
not time travel, but dimensional travel through like dimensions. You don't use a flux capacitor. You use a flux capatitude. Yes, because attitudes are always in flux, aren't they? Yeah, I guess that's why they call it that. The flux capatitude, not a stable thing. And Artemis, look at you. This is really positive. You've really brought it into a space here with your good attitude. Not great, but good. And that's a start. And maybe if we, like, focus in on talking about what a flux capatitude can do, you might be able to, like, make some minor adjustments until you've got a gooder attitude. And eventually, it'll become a great attitude, and then a greater attitude, and then a goodest attitude, and then a greatest attitude. What? No. Goodest, then greatest? Is goodest a word? Well, what do you think comes before greatest? It has to be goodest. And I would definitely think that the goodest has to be better than the greater. So it goes greater, goodest, greatest. Like, you gotta look at the right adjustments here. We can't hold ourselves to standards that are impractical. And right now, you're only good right now. We're gonna get you to gooder. And it's, who knows? One day you might even make it to goodest. And why can't I get it to greatest? There you go, Artemis. That's what we want right there. That little fire in there, it's going to inspire you. Bring up your flex capatitude. Okay, so just imagine you got a situation, you're living in life, and, and something happens like, I don't know, let's pretend your brother starts a podcast. Oh, we're pretending, are we? Oh, yeah, well, this is make-believe. Uh-huh. And so your brother starts a podcast and says, hey, let's start podcasting about, like, anything. And what do you want to podcast about? And let's just imagine that you come back with some really bad answers. What? Uh, like a bad attitude of answers. What are you trying to say? I'm just saying this is a hypothetical, that if someone was to have their brother approach them with a great positive vibe about doing a project together, a bonding experience, you know, that's like a really wonderful thing. And if someone walks into your life offering you a bonding experience framed around a group project between siblings, maybe that's an opportunity to say yes instead of an opportunity to say, I want to do a podcast about stinky old books. Because maybe that attitude... What? Wait, hold on. What are you talking about? You know, like, I'm just giving an example. Like, I don't think a book podcast is a bad attitude. I, now that I think about it, yes, I came at you positively in response to this podcast. We should step back and maybe consider what books this podcast could be about. Um. Well, do you really think that's the kind of productive thing? Like, having to look at words on a page for a really long time? Like, you know how I don't like to do that? Come on, that's a bad attitude. Bartleby, you could have maybe a yes-you-can attitude towards books instead of making it seem like I'm the one that has a no-we-can't attitude towards podcasting. But you are. Well, I, it maybe wouldn't be if we could do a podcast about things I want to do. We do a Star Trek podcast every 20 episodes. That's like 
definitely something you want to do. We do it very, very rarely and far too often at the same time. But that's because we do it in random order and that's nothing to do with what I want to do. Well, we had to make it a group activity. We had to find that middle ground. And, and you wanted to do some sort of structured podcast about Star Trek and I wanted to do a less structured podcast about anything. So I added a little bit of randomness with the random number generator. Yes, and I didn't like that. And that's a bad attitude. You should be saying, yes, we can. And yes, we can do a podcast about books, for instance. Any book. Just pick a book and we could do a topic. You like science fiction, don't you? Yeah, like, it's like my life. I'm all about it. Like science fiction and fantasy and paranormal. But like less in the fiction side and more in the meta side. Well, anyways. How about we do Frankenstein? Frankenstein. Ooh, yeah, you love reading that book. How many times have you read that? Enough times. But I think I could go again. We could do a little book club about Frankenstein. Ah, uh, it's a pretty good attitude you got there, Artemis. That might even be a, a gooder attitude. Yes, yes, a gooder attitude indeed. And I like your response there, Bartleby. You're being very positive. Oh, man. This isn't going how I planned. I wanted to do an episode about the flux capatitude and how yours needed an adjustment. Yes, well, I'm adjusting mine, and are you adjusting yours? Um, yeah, I'm getting there. Yes, so we will do a regular podcast about Frankenstein. Oh, no, but look, did you see the calendar? We've got a whole set of episodes. We're going to be doing the UFO-ology kind of like exploration. That's a multi-episode deep dive coming up. We can't just start doing Frankenstein. Well, maybe we can do it as a sometimes rotational episode where we bring in a little bit about Frankenstein and then we can maybe do one chapter per and then we could even start right now with the prologue. But I haven't read it yet and I don't like looking at words on pages when they're like, really cluttered next to each other too close. I prefer it when the words on the pages are in little tiny groups underneath photos. So you have like a photo and a picture, which is worth a thousand words anyway, so you don't even need the words at that point. But just in case, there's a few words at the bottom, and those words are enough words for me. Uh, do you have any versions of Frankenstein like that? No, 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 no. I think I've seen, like, Several Farside comics with that exact format. So it's got a picture of Frankenstein, or like the Bride of Frankenstein, or Frankenstein's monster. Wait, is it the Bride of Frankenstein's monster or the Bride of Frankenstein? Was he going to marry the monster lady he made, or was he going to have the monster lady marry his monster? Oh, that's confusing. See, I'm already lost. I don't think this is a good idea. Not a good attitude, Bartleby. You could have a good attitude, maybe even a gooder attitude. I have a, at least a goodest attitude, honestly, already. I think I came into this with a goodest attitude, verging on greatest. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, maybe the problem is too many words are being suggested to be read. Bartleby, you can listen to an audiobook. But, really? Wait, is that like a podcast? You know what audiobooks are. Stop playing dumb. Come on, have a better attitude about this. Oh, okay, fine. I'll listen to Frankenstein, but we can't start now. I haven't listened to the prologue yet. So 
maybe next week we can start that, but a really good episode planned for next week. Well, usually when I have plans on the calendar for our episodes, you move them around. Yeah, because that's how you keep an exciting episode. You can't just move them around, like, and everybody knows it's being moved around, like, right now. There's no plot tension to that. What are you talking about? Come on, we gotta orchestrate a little bit of tension here? No, we do not. No. Bad attitude, Bartleby. I think you're slipping down the attitude wheel. Oh, you think I've just gone down to a greater attitude from goodest? No, I, I think you've slipped down to bad attitude. Seriously. This is not how you make a productive space with each other. This is a collaborative effort, you and I. What we're doing here, this, this giant boulder that's crushing us as we attempt to pull it up the hill. And You don't pull a boulder up a hill, Artemis. I meant to push it up the hill. Well, maybe that's why you're having such a hard time with the boulder. I'm having a hard time with the boulder because you keep pushing it towards me. Are you the one that keeps rolling it down the hill? Look, your attitude is slipping down the hill like Sisyphus's boulder, buddy. So how about this? How about we just watch a movie of Frankenstein and then we get back after watching the movie of Frankenstein and we discuss that? Wouldn't that be a lot easier? And butter, maybe? I disagree. None of the movies have quite captured the type of horror that Mary Shelley was getting at. What are you trying to say? I don't want to say it. I want us to do a podcast about it. We'll do just one chapter per week. This will be very exciting. Trust me. And how about this? We can encourage our listeners to do the same. It could be a group project. Everyone, listen here. You're going to need to get a copy of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. You can use a library card where you can acquire books on borrow and we'll read it together and then we'll get through all the chapters and discuss them and maybe the listeners could have their own comments. Wouldn't this be amazing? We'll have our own book club bar to be. Oh, this is so exciting. I'm not so sure that this show thrives when your attitude rises above gooder, Artemis. This is, this is looking dangerous. You and a great attitude maybe aren't the best sauce for our special recipe of podcasting magic. Oh, no, no, no. While remixing the sauce, this is going to be an entirely new world, a new adventure, a new, I don't know what to call it, frontier of literary involvement. Okay, slow down. We're just going to have to, like, shuffle these in. Maybe every, like, 50 episodes, we'll cover a chapter of Frankenstein and... No, 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 no. I want this to be far more often than the Star Trek episodes. Let's just do this maybe every other episode at the very least. That's still up in the air, and we don't even know when we're going to start. We're starting for next week's episode. Since this boulder's coming back next week, we might as well get ahead of it. Know what's coming. Read the first prologue of Frankenstein for me again, for you. How have you missed this? Haven't I read it to you? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Look, this is going to be fine, Bartleby. I'm not looking forward to it. It's a heavy boulder. I understand. But eventually, you'll learn to support the weight of it in your back and your shoulders and... I'm just a sock! I'm just a sock? We're just socks. And we shall lift this boulder to the top of the hill 
and then it will crush us once again, and we'll bring it back up as we do yet another chapter of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Okay. I'm gonna do my best to find the best attitude I can find about, oh man, a book? Yes, there you go, Bartleby. This is quite the turnaround. Look at you. You went from whatever you were doing before to here, facing reality. Together, we're going to make the best metacosmos possible. Oh, quite exciting. I'm not so sure I would call this exciting. Well, thank you all so much for coming in and listening. Wait, wait, hold on. What? What is it? You can't just end the show right here. Why not? It's pretty funny. You're the one who doesn't want to do it. I could be closing out and reading the credits, and that would be very amusing. I think we should end it right on this note. No, no. We have a question from the High Inquisitor. It's time for our segment, The High Inquisitor Asks. High Inquisitor. Ah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're really high up in the clouds with some deep thoughts. Yeah, I'm looking all around. The High Inquisitor. I have been wondering what it would be like to perceive. That's one thing I've been thinking about lately. I kind of go in a different direction. Rook, fine, fine, fine. Let's just get this over with. It's kind of like a small pebble that rolls on us just after the boulders crushed us. Is that what this is going to be? Sisyphus's pebble? Yeah, Sisyphus's pebble. Okay, so the High Inquisitor has a question for us. And this week, Artemis, I'm going to switch things up since you've already switched things up on me. Oh, really? I'll read the question, and I guess this will be yours to answer. Oh. Oh, really? I get to be the expert this time? Yeah, it's the High Inquisitor has an economics question. So I'm going to read it. Here we go. You want to play questions? Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Oh, what? Why? Why not? What for? First, we need to make sure that they understand what a question is. Is there anyone else? What is the time? What does it all add up to? Who? How would I know? Why do you ask? Are you serious? For that matter. You have any questions? Here's the question. What is space? Isn't the idea of value almost exclusively subjective? And if that's true, how can we have laws, that's in quotes, quote unquote, laws of economics that work? Hmm. Oh, that is an economics question. What's the context of asking this question? Well, actually, he had, a, he had an earlier part here. It says, I've been trying to formulate a deep question about economic value, and I haven't lifted it out of the nonverbal zone. Oh, he, was really, he hasn't really thought this question through, so maybe go easy on him so he can figure out how he's going to ask the question next week, because I think this is just the pre-question. Okay, well... Let's see. Is the idea of value almost exclusively subjective? And it is kind of a yes because it depends on what you have a lot of and what you have a little of. Because when Adam Smith speaks about economics, at its most essential, what he was speaking about was the study of scarcity. Because if you don't have a lot of something, you're going to put a higher value on that thing. And if you have an extreme a lot of something, it'll have almost zero value because it's everywhere. So 
For instance, having your brother try to pester you to do adventures and podcasts, very little value, because you can have it at any time, and um, some peace and some quiet, where you can just take some moments to go over your favorite book once again, well, that would be extremely valuable. Wait, hold on a second. Time out. If you're going over the same book again, then that version of that book might have a lesser value because you're reading that book so many times because it's, you know, a lot of something. Yes, but each time you experience it, you get new layers of experiencing each segment of the book and you have your own experiences that you can then reflect on so that you can then see the book from new angles. Uh, do you mean like new experiences you get by being forced to do adventures and podcasts with your brother? So, yeah, obviously these things you don't put very high value on because you don't put high value on them. You avoid them a lot. And by avoiding them a lot, maybe you are making them actually scarce. And so this thing that should be in very high availability, you've pushed yourself away from, which is awesome stuff like adventures and podcasting. Yeah, think about that. And so then you're actually creating a new sense of scarcity and value. Holmes, I don't know any economic models to describe that. Well, there you go. Something for you to think about. And maybe something to have inspired the High Inquisitor to figure out a better way to phrase their question because they were still trying to put it into words. Do you want to take on the second half of that question there, Artemis? All I do is ask questions, just like you do. That's the most important thing. Can you answer the question? Anybody All can do right. that. Do you want to play questions? Oh, what was it again? Oh, it was, if it's true that value is almost exclusively subjective, um, how can we have laws for economics that work? Oh, I think we explained that perfectly well. That as long as you have scarcity, you will behave in a certain manner around that scarcity, and market forces will start behaving in such ways that trade will occur around that scarce and valued resource. And in those ways, the laws, they're not laws as in like, oh, we write this down and you must obey. They're laws as in if people just can't get this thing that they want, then they will find a agreed-upon value through market forces. And those market forces are like, it's like the law of gravity and, and such. Except for when the markets are like oversubsidized or when people don't have to pay any accountable tax upon the degradation they put in downstream costs or when uh, I'm sure there's a lot of examples in which people have bent the laws of economics so that they can you know, take some sort of unfair advantage. Oh, definitely, yes. Anyone who's having any unfair advantage has definitely broken the laws of fair economics. And it's even worse than that. What do you mean? Well, when people bend the laws of economics to give themselves an unfair advantage, like certain musky, elongated rats of sorts. Elongated musk rats? Yes, yes, yes. When they 
do things to artificially inflate the market to then bring value to their own self in the economy. What they are doing by breaking these laws of economic value and creating false value, they are actually breaking down society as a whole. And we'll be lucky if we can bring ourselves back to anything with any semblance whatsoever before that dreaded ice age that you keep referring to in past episodes, Bartleby. Oh, wow. That was, yeah. Okay, so if we're all going to get ourselves prepared and through the next ice age that lasts, what, like 100,000 years? I guess that's what we're learning, yes. Well, we better make sure that we put back together the laws of economics that have been broken by the elongated muskrats. That's a really weird moral, Artemis, but I'm glad that you taught us that. I'm not sure exactly how to apply it, but wow. I'm afraid that an ice age will correct all the market forces whether we want it to or not. So, on the bright side, you always have that going for you. Fantastic. Okay, this has been a great episode, Artemis. You know what? Maybe it won't be so bad to have to do weekly chapters? Oh, we're going to do weekly now. I didn't say that. I think I got it recorded. We'll have to listen on the edit. Well, let's just have it on the record that I also said that I didn't say it and that I'm also open to... Definitely not doing it weekly and, like, spreading it out a lot more than that. Yeah, definitely. So, right then, thank you all so much. Metacosmos is made possible by listeners like you. The most beautiful listeners that are in the entire world and using their ears for the best possible purpose that any ears could be used for. You're spreading it a bit thick, don't you think? No, no, I can go thicker than that. And also, support comes from listeners who go to patreon.com slash bluefoot and become patrons of our producer, Isaac Bluefoot. Isaac makes our website, kineticparanormalsociety.com. And he also produces, like, several podcasts for the Kinetic Paranormal Society. And you can all find them there at the website, kineticparanormalsociety.com. And Isaac also does his own podcast, which is an unauthorized biography of Clark Kent, Superman, Son of L. Go to sonoflpodcast.com. That's E-L-E-L-L. Like, like, you know, like the in Spanish, but it's not the. It's probably a reference to, like, I think it's a reference to God, like Gabriel and Danielle, Jarrell and Kalel. I think we get the point. Artemis, I'm already loving your new attitude. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Frankenstein. This is going to be cool. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be amazing. In fact, amazing. What are you doing? I'm working my way back up to my greatest attitude. Got to get back up to 11, baby. That's where I operate. Uh-huh. Look, I only want you to get up to maybe hopefully 10. You can get up to goodest. That'll be enough for me. Bartleby, please. We have to get through the credits. All right, then. Well, additional support for Metacosmos comes from Humboldt Hot Air. HumboldtHotAir.org. A beautiful place for everyone to come together on the internet and hear the voices of Humboldt and some cool music, too. So, yeah, you guys are great. You have a great time out there. And I think I can say this for both of us. We love you. Okay, fine. I love them, but I don't want you actually speaking up for me because I'm not telling people I love them wantonly on the internet whether I have that love or not. Artemis, what kind of attitude is this? 
a self-preserving one. Oh, maybe we should do an episode about that. Oh, please, no.